Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom. Talk a little NFL draft here. Michigan guys set to go over the next three days, including Aiden Hutchinson. Then we'll get to Michigan basketball as well. All three of Michigan's guys with decisions have made theirs, at least for now, still waiting on two, Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate, who have declared for the draft. So we'll get into that at the end. Um, but let's start. I mean, three Lions fans here. I'm wearing my Lions shirt. So is, I think, Anthony. Uh, looks like a Lions shirt there. And then he's got the Tigers hat. But um, Aiden Hutchinson. Like for coming into April, he was he was he was a lock for the number one pick, and then you start to see a couple mock drafts switch things up. Trayvon Walker from Georgia going number one to Jacksonville and things like that, and now he's actually the odds-on favorite to be the number two pick. Walker's three to one or one to three minus three hundred to go to the Jags. So things have changed. I don't know what has actually changed, or is it just the outside perception? But I would love to see it for one. Chris, you penned a great column this morning uh, about, you know, why it would be, you know, you said, yes, please. Aiden Hutchinson to the Lions as a Lions fan. Uh, you know, he could be a guy that could help turn this thing around. You get all the ne- the negative people that are saying, oh, it'll never happen, whatever. Well, I want the guy who's going to give the Lions the best chance. I think Aiden Hutchinson, everyone that watched him at Michigan understands what he can do. It's not, he's not going to do it alone, but he can make a big impact and he's a hell of a player too. Yeah, two things. Uh, number one, you guys are the two non-jaded Lions fans. 20 years from now, you'll be in my shoes. I hope not. Uh, I really, it's time to frickin' uh, to win, right? And and I can't even imagine what that city would be like with a winner because these guys, we have all followed this franchise for so many years, and I've been around a little longer than you. I got to see a playoff win. You know, I have I had a banner specially made for my basement, you know, playoff, playoff victory. Uh, so, but um, that's the thing that you don't wish the Lions upon any of these Michigan guys. And, and for the most part, they haven't drafted a ton of Michigan guys in the past. Guys that have been there for a long time, like Jeff Backus, who went in there and had a nice career and didn't win a damn thing. You know, and you, you look at guys like Lamar Woodley and guys that they passed on over the years. And I wrote about John Jansen, too, who grew up in Detroit or near Detroit and said he would have loved to have had the opportunity to change that, the, the fortunes of that franchise, although he loved what he did at Washington. Don't get him wrong. You know, he said, Hey, uh, there was part of him that was pissed off when they took Aaron Gibson, who everybody in the league, except the lions knew was damaged goods. So, but with Hutchinson, it's different because here's a guy in my opinion, who is not going to be waiting for his next contract. And I wrote this this morning. He's going to be there. And you know what kind of a guy he is. High character, a high motor, uh, 100%, everything you're looking for, and a player that's going to give everything to the franchise he's with. And I think a guy like that can have a very positive impact. Uh, and I think it could be good for him where he could actually help the franchise, especially for a guy like Dan Campbell who preaches that. So we're going to see tonight, guys, if they practice what they preach. Because if they take a Thibodeau, and I know Anthony likes him, uh, to me that's just more of the same ineptitude that's going to crater this thing. So, yes, I'm a little skeptical. Yes, I'm excited for Aiden Hudson no matter what happens, but I'd love to see him with the Lions. 
Yeah, and it's important to note too, like let's call a spade a spade. Like if you're coming here for you're talking to three guys that cover and follow Michigan football and three guys who follow the Detroit Lions. So if you're coming here for objective draft talk today, this isn't the forum for that. Um <laughs> here's here's the thing about Aiden Hutchinson is that I keep he- I've been hearing this throughout the entire process where oh he's he's overrated or he's too safe. Like if you want to come at us with saying you know, I, you know, arm arms are a little bit shorter than you'd like. You might have some trouble separating against, you know, NFL off, uh, offensive tackles. I'll listen to that. If you want to say that maybe he needs more variety in his pass rush moves than just the bull rush, I'll listen to that. But there is a um, a green and white contingent in the state of Michigan who have they have all these narratives on why he shouldn't be the pick or he would be overrated and. I've heard people say, oh, well, you know, his ceiling is might only be, you know, 11, 12 sacks a year. Um, hello? That's that's a lot. That's a lot of sacks. And, you know, maybe he's not Michael Strahan with 20 sacks a year, but Aiden Hutchinson, wherever he goes. And I hope I, – I, I sincerely hope that it is the Detroit Lions from a, uh, a selfish perspective. We know the guy. I mean, he checks all the boxes. Uh, he had one of the most dominant defensive seasons we've ever seen at Michigan. I mean, the guy was – unblockable and it was like the narrative that he's not a great athlete or he's just like some try hard guy he had one of the best nfl combines a defensive edge rusher has ever had so from my perspective he's a culture fit he checks all the boxes i mean it, it really is tailor-made for him he's either going to be the number one pick which is super slim as we as we discuss this today he'll be the number two pick and get to stay close to home He'll be the number three pick or have in and i'm pretty sure he has family down in houston so that would work out for him too or he's going to wind up in New York somewhere with one of the two bigger market teams in the league. So this is tailor made for him. I I get tired of people saying, Oh, well, you know um, I just, you know, I I wouldn't wish him on the lions or I wouldn't wish him on any of these teams. Well, the way that the draft works is that the bad teams pick at the top and Aiden Hutchinson is one of the best players in the draft. So if that guy is wearing Honolulu blue and we get to, you know, as we're, typing up Sunday Michigan football articles. We flip on channel two, channel four, whatever it is uh, in your area. And Aiden Hutchinson is playing football for the team that's on our TVs. I I think that's going to be a pretty good uh, final result for the three of us selfishly. Yeah. I think you're referring to the Detroit Rams people that, you know, rooted (laughs) harder for the Rams last year than the lions and all that. Um, You rooted, you would have rather had the Rams win than the Lions. no, yeah. No, but I, I was sure as hell was damn happy for Matthew Stafford, and I'll tell you why. You look at Calvin Johnson, you look at Barry Sanders, you look at Dominic and Sue, and all these guys. Uh, the one common denominator there was the crap organization, okay? And uh, two, drove two of them to early retirements, and another one out where he won a Super Bowl in a year. So I was thrilled for him, uh, and you know, everybody's, oh, how could he leave? Well, that's why you leave. Somebody had to do it, and I'm glad it was him. I'm glad he got his, and it was awesome seeing him uh, when I watched Miggy get his 3,000th hit be there to celebrate that as well. It just shows you how much he really did care about this community. It wasn't BS. So anyway, but I obviously root for the Lions first and foremost, but I will say this. If they're one and four in September or whatever going into October, uh, I'm going golfing on that first weekend of October. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Right, Absolutely. But that's a totally different thing. So, yeah. and I still think there's a chance Aiden could go number one to Jacksonville. I don't think that's completely oh. off the table. You look at smoke mm-hmm. screens. Uh, it could be a possibility there. Also Trent Balky, who knows what they're going to do. They could have a last minute switch. The, he's still, I think what second for the odds there. 
Um, yeah, and you just I mean, never I'll know. say that's not to not to interrupt you, but if you know, he goes number one at this point, Vegas is going to lose its ass on him because he's yeah. at like plus four fifty. So they'd be paying it's out true. quite a bit for that. It's true. So, but yeah, you, you never know. There, he could become Michigan's third ever Tom Harmon. Uh, and Jake Long in the Big Ten's first since Jake Long in 2008. So, um, you know, it would be a pretty impressive feat for a Big Ten player, of course, and a Michigan guy, and I would wish him all the best there as well. But Michigan could have uh, another guy or two go tonight. Looks like Dax Hill, man, he was kind of that guy where everyone was like, he's a first-round player, but there's just not a spot for him in the first round. And then, here we go, entering April, you know, the last few weeks, he has kind of had a switch in his stock. He's he's risen up a little bit. I saw him at 18 uh, the other night in one of the mock drafts. He's in the 20s in most of them now, so it looks like he will go tonight as well. Everyone loves his versatility, how he can play multiple positions. And then Ajabo as well, who, uh, you know, he had, suffers the ter- torn Achilles. He was supposed to be top 15, uh, suffers the torn Achilles at pro day. Super unfortunate. But now there are some people like, hey, he could be taken at 31. I think that's the Chiefs pick. Um, or one of those late, you know, first round picks because they have that fifth year option. If he's going to sit out next year, you still get him for four years if you pick him in the first. So kind of interesting. They could have three, but it looks like it'll probably be two guys in the first round. And man, then a, a few in the next couple of days after that. I like Ojabo's situation in that. Okay, it's a terrible break for him. Clearly, what happened. But if the Kansas City Chiefs were to get him, Andy Reid loves the Michigan guys. He's like Bill Parcells in the old days. Bill Parcells, by the way, guys, was a really good football coach back in the early 90s. Really? 19. So, yeah. Who? So, yeah, exactly. But uh, Andy Reid loves those Michigan guys like Parcells used to. Uh, loves the passion, loves the, the commitment to the program. And uh, you see, you've seen what he did with guys like Mike Dana, for example, and taking some of those guys. And if he took Ojabo, there it is. How about that? All right. So if he... Uh, were to take him in that position, they would be patient with him, let him recover. Uh, they would be getting a steal, in my opinion. Uh, I love the fact that Ojabo could go to a great team like that. That was the one I was watching, and I've talked about that on a couple of radio shows this week where, hey, that's the silver lining. You get to go and play for a guy like that in an organization like that. So we'll see uh, what happens with him. Dax Hill is an interesting one to me because I never really felt he reached his potential at Michigan, his vast potential. There were times uh, that he did some things where you're like, wow, and and there's no mistaking the measurables. However, in coverage a few times uh, and in different situations, I was thinking, okay, uh, you know, you'd expect a little more of a guy like that, especially one who's been in the program for three years. So I think as we've said, and as people have said on our message board, his best days, his best football is ahead of him. So I could see somebody taking him uh, that early, uh, especially the way he tests and, and how how uh, talented he is physically. Uh, and he does care about the game. He's a quieter guy. But uh, to me, uh, I'll be very interested to see where he goes. Yeah, I'm with you on Dax. I mean, he's a guy, I, I think he was good in almost every area at Michigan, but didn't have like a standout area. I, I can't even really say he had a, you know, do we think of a game where there was, wow, that was the Daxton Hill game. Like, we know no. there's an Aiden Hutchinson game. There's a David Ojabo game. Like, you can point to those kind Wisconsin, of. Wisconsin, maybe. Yeah, maybe. or, or the, he made the late stop at Nebraska, didn't he? That was him. Yep. I um, had the so pick, that incredible pick, yeah. Yeah, there were, there were moments, but I think Daxton Hill, similar to Jabril Peppers, I think sort of suffered from 
having egg, like they put so much in so many different baskets for him. I think that he could probably go to an NFL team and just do two or three things as opposed to being a Swiss army knife and do really, really well. I mean, I, I, I keep circling around this Dallas picks at 24. That's kind of where I have, I, I think that's the sweet spot for him. I think that's where the best match of the player you're getting, the value you're going to get out of him. And also like the reason he's risen up draft boards is that there are so many wide receivers and there are so many guys um, in a couple other positions that safety once you run, you know, there, once you get about four or five deep in this safety class, it's kind of like it's the barren wasteland. So Dax, I think just from a measurable standpoint, I think he's he's worthy of that. Probably a little bit undersized. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play even uh, just more exclusively kind of in the nickel or maybe even he bounces out to cornerback full time. We'll see. They'll get him in somewhere and see what he's good at. But uh, I, I think Dax is going to be a really qual- he's going to be a quality pro. Um, David Ojabo, that's where things get interesting because I think Clay with, uh, I'm with you in terms of, I really do think that there is a, a better than not chance. He comes off the board somewhere between 25 and 32 because of that fifth year option. And let me float this scenario by you. Uh, I just put out like a five bold predictions before the NFL draft thing. So where does David Ojabo go? How about this Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens. I don't need to go too far into the connections there. John Harbaugh, Mike McDonald's back there. They pick at number 14. Uh, this wide receiver class is, is loaded, but the guys at the top are just a little bit better than everyone else. So let's say, how about Kansas City? Since they have the 29th and the 30th picks, they they move up to 14. Baltimore trades back, and Mike McDonald and David Ojabo are reunited in Baltimore. That's my bold prediction. I would love wow. I would love to see that. Yeah. Is there something on your DraftKings apps, guys, where you can where you can choose that option? <laughs> I don't Where's know. If, yeah, does it go that in depth? Yeah. yeah. I would love that. Clay's got a buck. Clay's got a buck sitting in his pocket, Anthony, that he's just That's waiting right. to burn on something like that. So That's right. Um <sighs> No, I agree. And the last thing I'll say on Dax is that since he can do so many different things, like let's say they start him out with one or two things, he's not as good as they thought. They can you know, switch him somewhere else, and I think that he has potential somewhere with that athleticism and his skills to stick somewhere. Um, the last thing on the draft before we move on to basketball, who, who's going to have the best career out of the guys that we haven't talked about? The Hassan Haskins contingent, the Andrew Stuber. I think Stuber's going to play football for a long time. Um, you know, I think he'll move inside, but similar to a John Runyon, he's starting for the Packers right now, a team that you know was supposed to make the Super Bowl last year, but of course they have Aaron Rodgers, so they blew it in the playoffs. But um, I, I think Stuber's going to have a good career. And then I'm looking at what surprised me, an ESPN mock draft from Matt Miller the other night. They had eight Michigan guys going, including Vince Gray in the fourth round, which is the first one I've even seen him included on. He goes in the fourth round, Stuber in the fifth, Hinton in the sixth, Haskins actually falling all the way to the seventh, and then Josh Ross with one of the last picks in the draft. Um, so those guys could potentially get taken. I expect the last few to be undrafted guys, but who do you think could have a, a career and you know make some money here? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I would implore anybody to pop in a video of Hassan Haskins on special teams. And I think that uh, didn't Jay Harbaugh or somebody put that on Twitter where they yep. just showed him mauling Incredible. people and killing yeah. people. This kid uh, is going to have a career, and I don't know that he's going to be a great running back. I think he'll be a situational back probably and, and get some carries. Uh, I think he's still got more to give. Uh, you're, you're talking about a, a guy that is uh, – I'm not going to say just scratching the surface of his potential because he had to work to get where he was, guys. Three years ago they wanted to make him a linebacker. They moved him to linebacker, right? And he can, has continued to work his way up. But he's just a football player. And he's one of those that's going to stick and he's going to do whatever you want on special teams. He's going to provide maybe, you know, a third and two carry here and, and, and get you four yards. Uh, we've seen what he can do at Michigan. In my opinion, that's the kind of guy that can stick around the league for a while as long as he remains healthy. So uh, I like him, uh, especially if they were talking about in the later rounds. I think that would be a steal for somebody just in terms of, you know, not being a game changing running back, but being a capable running back. Who can always who can also help your team in other areas and as we know uh, there are guys that make teams because of special teams alone and stick for a long long time i can think of uh, of michigan guys who've done it morgan trent played on special teams and and everybody thought oh there's no way that guy's going to sniff the, the nfl and stay and he was there for four years so back in the day and uh, and vince gray's an interesting one too uh, he was frankly, a whipping boy around these parts at times. And uh, when we saw him in 2020, it was really tough for him, uh, a tough year. Uh, when we, he was put in a defense that better suited his skills, he had some great games, including against Ohio State. And anybody who says he can't play, watch his early film and then watch that Ohio State game and watch last year. There were times, yes, he got burned against Georgia. Uh, most defensive backs are going to at times. But Again, in the right system, I think Vince Gray can stick on a team. I don't see him as a fourth-round pick, but he's somebody that I would certainly draft in the later rounds or as a free agent. I feel the same way about Brad Hawkins, a guy that I haven't seen on a ton of draft boards at all. Didn't even get a combine invite, which I was I was stunned because his film is really good, and Pro Football Focus, Focus loved him last year. And he actually slimmed down uh, from the end of the season. I think he was – Michigan had him playing at 220, I think. Um yeah. At his pro day, he measured in at 207 pounds. He ran a 4.57, which for a, a safety that I think is primarily would play in the box at the next level, I think that's pretty good. I mean, maybe they even maybe he bulks back up a little bit and plays like some sub package linebacker. But I think that's a guy, a throwback kind of safety that you can do some things with. Um, someone who just kind of lingers around the league as a as a depth piece and a guy on special teams and and someone who. Again, I've just, I've, you know, I, I was surprised that guys like Chris Hinton and Vince Gray got combine invites, but he didn't. I mean, he was one of the, I mean, maybe one of the three or four best overall defenders on Michigan's defense last year. And the film is, I, I think the film is pretty good. So um, he's a guy who I think has a shot to stick. Something tells me that either one of, one of Hassan or Stuber is going to fall and we're going to be sitting there at dinner time on Saturday going, what is going, like, why is no one taking him yet? Uh, it seems like it happens every year. Um, you know, Jake Butt was a guy, I know he tore his ACL, but he didn't come off the board until the fifth round. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones slid. Lavert Hill didn't go draft or didn't get drafted at all last year. Uh, I have a feeling if someone's going to slide in this draft, it's going to be one of those guys. And and what will what is ultimately going to hurt Hassan is the fact that he didn't really test much for these teams. And, and I know there are questions about his play speed, the ankle injury and the orange bowl. I mean, I'm with you. I think that that's a guy like when you pick in the sixth or seventh round, 
they're lotto tickets, but also I'm looking for guys that are going to make the roster because that's cheap depth that you can use your, you know, I'm not going to go give a special team or a gunner on special teams, a million and a half bucks a year. I'm going to draft this guy in the sixth round and think he can do that. So um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised by how some of these guys have slid a little bit. And again, like Vincent Gray in the fourth round, I think that's madness. Uh, I think he can be a good player, but fourth round's a bit high. Um, other than that, yeah, we'll see. I, I think the best way for me to describe this class is is it's good. It, it's not it's not a great all time Michigan class. Now, Aiden, it's crazy to say because Aiden's going to go so high. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Dax or Ajabo, but you know, when we look at the next couple drafts with with what Michigan might be sending to the league. I think that I think um, there's a lot more quality NFL players in there these next couple of years as opposed to this year. I see a lot of depth guys right now, which is great. I hope they secure the bag and they have long careers, uh, especially those guys like Stuber and Haskins and those figures that were just so instrumental in this 2021 season. But um, I think this is a pretty top heavy class for Michigan. Yep. It kind of reminds me of a couple of years ago with Josh Metellus and all those guys that went late in the draft. I could see that happening with some of these Michigan guys because they do, you know, at in the seventh round, it gets down to, Hey, this is basically an undrafted free agent guy. We just need to get him so no one else can, you know, he's not on the open market. Uh, now I remember talking to Sean McCune after that draft, he went undrafted, but in the seventh round, him and his agent were on the phone constantly. And he said that uh, the agent was like, please, like, we don't want you to get picked. The Cowboys are already calling. And that's where he ended up going. And by the way, he's actually he's dealt with some injuries, but he's played and started a few games, played 23 games in his career, had a touchdown last year. So it's kind of interesting once you get to those later rounds. But I think Brad Hawkins probably wants to fall at this point. You don't want to be a seventh rounder necessarily. Um, but I agree with you on Brad Hawkins for sure. Uh, let's talk basketball. But quickly before we do, let's talk about Manscaped. Uh, fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpet needs cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the 4 million men worldwide. That number just keeps growing. Uh, who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code 20GOBLUE, 20GOBLUE. Uh, they sent us the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Uh, you can get yours for the most precise shave on your hedges. Uh, did we mention it's waterproof as well, Chris? Great product that they've been sending us. They just keep sending us stuff, and until this ad deal keeps going, we're just going to keep enjoying it and spreading the word. Yes, and TMI, but you can use it for your chest hair as well. So there you have it. It's a really, there you go. And it's great around sensitive nipples. So how's that? <laughs> he says TMI, and then laughing. he goes on to exactly. – Yeah, exactly. so there you go. I got to tell you, man, ads you wonder if they're just messing with us because they're so great and the, the product's fantastic man and they sent us more shampoo they've got body spray now uh you know access for uh, you know uh, the situation but the manscaped body spray is great stuff so i love it i love having them as a sponsor i'm proud of it man when i tell people that you know they they chuckle and they say yeah i i have it you know so i use it and a lot of them use it because they they hear about it here so that's fantastic yeah and as we talked about it on the last show, but free shipping and 20% off with our code 20 go blue. You're seeing it now in Meyer and all that. It's the same products. You actually have more probably online. So do that. It's free shipping. So it doesn't hurt to actually wait a couple of days and get it shipped and get the 20% off as well. But you can look at it in store and all that. So they're everywhere now with the promo code 20 go blue again, 20% off and free shipping. Um, 
let's talk hoops. Let's start with Hunter Dickinson coming back. It's the biggest development on the Michigan side of things. You immediately have a guy who will, in my opinion, probably be the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, your floor is extremely high to start. I know there are a lot of pieces we're still waiting on with this Michigan basketball team, potential transfers in, potential transfers out. Uh, Diabate and Houston making their decisions they have until June 1. But when you have Hunter Dickinson sitting there and he's already working on next season, uh, that's just, you know, you want those pieces to work out in the best possible way for you. But you know you have quite a luxury with the big fella in there who is, uh, he's a heck of a player already and he's only going to get better. I hate to say it, guys, but once he declared that he was coming back, I said the rest is kind of gravy. And, yeah, you want Musa Diabate back, and, yeah, you definitely want Caleb Houston back. And they're looking at guards in the portal as well. You know, chemistry and co- cohesiveness and cohesion is, is important too. But when he came back, I said, okay, that's the one, and you can build around that, and you can build a Big Ten contender around that with, with at least some of the pieces that you have coming back. Frankie Collins, you'll get Terrence Williams, guys that have played a lot of basketball here. Uh, in, the, in the class coming in. So to me, that was the one. So I uh, love the fact that he's coming back and he admitted as much that he said, you know, if you'd asked me at this time last year, if uh, I was coming back, you know, and even in, when he declared he was coming back last year, he said for one more year, you know, give it one more run. But NIL has changed the games, guys. And if you ask Michigan fans, you know, oh, they're behind and so on and so forth. Well, NIL is the reason that, that Hunter Dickinson is still here, folks. And I understand that he probably wouldn't have gotten drafted, if, if anything, the late second round. Uh, but he could always go overseas. He could always make good money somewhere else. He chose to stay at Michigan. And I loved the quote that he gave about his, how his legacy matters to him. And, uh, you know, he said, and we'll see, you know, if I have another good year. And I said, that quote alone, man, just is going to endear you to the Michigan fans because you care. It shows how much you care about this place. You saw him on the sidelines at the spring game. You see him at these different events. That's the kind of guy that you want in that locker room. Uh, plus, he's a badass, let's be honest. He's a guy that, that pisses everybody off in, uh, in opposing arenas, just like Bill Martelli said. Uh, and he's going to give you everything he's got on both ends of the floor every game. I love that he's coming back. Really exciting for Michigan basketball. And Scott Bell posted the the gif of Tom Izzo going crazy when he was getting mad because Hunter kept looking over he's at the yelling bench. at me. Right. It's like, dude, what? You know, just shut up. You know, you're down like 25 <laughs> points. But um, yeah, absolutely. And the NIL thing, if if being behind in NIL means that they're doing NIL correctly in the way it was supposed to be done, then. I guess that's what it means. It's huge. This is uh, the, the, there's no other way to put it. It's huge. You have a seven foot two, two hundred sixty pound hole that is is filled by Hunter Dickinson. Like what else? What else could you ask for there? And and it, it is gravy, Chris. I mean, if if Caleb Houston and Musa decide that they want to stay in the draft, well, you have spots open and a plethora of options in the transfer portal. And I still think even if those guys come back, they're going to find a way to add a name or two. So. Yeah, this is once you get that guy back, then you can start having the conversation about what are the expectations for this team. Like it, it builds out from there. Um, you know, for the longest time, the conversation, you know, there have been two, two kind of takes on NIL and, and college hoops and one and duns and all this thing where it's it's usually the same people that make this argument. It's one, um, well, this one and duns are, are ruining college basketball. No one's sticking around anymore. They're all just going to get paid. And then two, it's, oh, well, money's going to ruin college basketball because of ethics or what have you. Well, now you have these two spheres kind of coming together here. And 
Hunter Dickinson's back because there is money in college basketball. And with him coming back now, it's, you know, he's had two really, really good seasons. I'll even say great seasons as an individual at Michigan. When you come back and it's your junior season now with the team that we think that they could have in place and even just like him getting better internally, we can start like he can start doing things that put him in the conversation with some of the greats in program history. Like he can be, um, you know, the guy of the Jawan Howard era, or he can be someone who, you know, you talk about as, oh God, remember Hunter Dickinson's career. You know, it wasn't just like, like Iggy Brasdakis, for example. Like if that guy was there for two or three years, I think that he would have been a force by the end of his college career. Um, Hunter Dickinson, it's, it's in that same category where, Hey, if you can keep the guy paid and I don't think I'll be honest, guys, I don't think his draft stock is any different this year than it was last year. I don't think it'll be any different next year than it is this year. I'm not so sure it would be different two years from now than it is this year. Um, If you can keep that guy around and keep him paid and the NBA will just be there for him because his stock sort of goes unchanged, that's huge. And that is a huge advantage um, for a school like Michigan that, yeah, they've recruited some five-star guys, but they're not really a one in. they haven't traditionally been like a one-and-done school. Um, you need a you need a marriage of both of those things to be a really good quality uh, college basketball program, like Michigan has been the last 12, 12 years or so. Uh, this is huge. It's it's super exciting from a Michigan perspective because you have your face of your program back. You have this this guy that everything kind of hinges on, and this is a uh, you see how it builds out from there. But the biggest piece is back, and that's that's the biggest thing for them. Yeah, and Michigan has not been a one-and-done factor. This Musa, if he leaves, who I think he has the best chance of leaving, or Caleb would become mm-hmm. Michigan's second one-and-done player of this century, and you know, including Iggy Brezdekis being the first since Jamal Crawford. Uh, and Musa Diabate was the fifth-leading scorer on a team that lost 15 games. Now, you know, his whole thing is projection and upside, and honestly, I think he's going to go through the process, and there's going to be teams that say, hey – in that second round, we're going to take you. And it's kind of similar to what we talked about with the NFL draft where we don't want this kid to fall and just be a guy who's on a G League contract and on the open market. I think a team would potentially take him in that second round. Um, Caleb Houston, I would put more, you know, just testing the waters, going through, getting the evaluation, and probably coming back. But that's just my opinion. I guess what do you guys think about the chances that either of those two guys either stick or, you know, come back to Michigan? I believe Musa is going to stay in the draft. And I think that even at the end of the first round, uh, you know, I get the upside in the athleticism. I didn't see freak athlete when I watched him play. And I saw a kid that really worked hard. I expect a little bit more bounciness um, from him. Uh, you know, there were times that he got rejected by the rim. Maybe it was just balance. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I think – uh, he's still learning the game of basketball, but in three years, for example, you look at what Jordan Poole is now compared to what he was when he left Michigan, he got in the right situation and that's everything. And you can start developing, you're starting playing with pros like Draymond Green, who showed Jordan Poole the ropes and said, this is the way it's going to be. And I think helped him grow up, frankly. I don't think Musa Diabate is one of those kids that, okay, he's got to, he's got to grow up. I think he's just a kid that needs to play more basketball and be in that right spot and get some more coaching. So is he ideal 
to come back and play at the four while Hunter Dickinson's playing at the five again? I don't know. And maybe his people are saying that. Do you really want to go there and play out of position? Or do you want to go somewhere where you can play where you're supposed to play the entire time and continue to work on your game consistently without having to go to school? So uh, to me, uh, we've been talking about this guy since midseason that people were in his ear about, you know, being a one and done would not surprise me at all. Caleb Houston's an interesting one. I don't think he's going to stay in the draft. I think he's going to come back. Uh, you know, it's been uh, really quiet on that front. And uh, one thing I'll say about him though, uh, is the level of grief that he took this year, just because he didn't meet the you know top 10 expectations that everybody had. And I get it. Uh, you want your, your elite players to come in and be, immediate stars well he's going to grow a ton and he shot what 46 percent from three-point range at chrysler uh, i think it's going to be one of those things where he is going to continue to improve in that area and when he gets stronger with, with john sanderson i think you're going to see a huge leap there this kid didn't forget how to play basketball and i saw a lot of great games that he played at montverde where he was the best player on the floor so we'll see what happens there guys uh, but the portal uh, you look at uh, guys like Jalen Llewellyn, uh, you look at Terrence Shannon, who some still believe is coming to Michigan. Some now say 50-50. It's stupid. Uh, you know, you never know. But uh, there are pieces, there are going to be pieces to fill, and I don't envy these coaches. And I've said this, Jawan Howard is earning his money because when you don't know, when you go into uh, May and you don't even know who's leaving yet, let alone what you need, uh, you know, then it is, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, that's a good point on like Jawan earning his money. I think in a lot of ways, like if John Beeline didn't leave when he did, he wasn't going to be around much longer with what's going on now. I mean, hell, we just saw Jay Wright re uh, retire. Um, this co this constant grind that college basketball has become, and even college football to an extent, like it's not, it's a different kind of off season, and that's where like I feel. Jawan having the background of being an NBA guy where, I mean, there is, there's an off season in the NBA, but there's always scouting and player acquisition and moves that need to be made. Um, and we've seen them have a lot of success in the transfer portal so far. Um, I think he's kind of cut out for that. So that that's good to know. And like I said, they, they could add a couple really quality guys here, but you know, back on the, the topic of, of Diabate and Houston, um, you know, Diabate, I'm with you. I mean, I think I see an athlete. I don't see a basketball player yet. And, but I think the tools are there that, you know, someone there's going to be, I really do think there's going to be an NBA team that sees them works work out and raises an eyebrow and goes, okay, we can work with this. Like it's going to take time, but we can stash him um, in the G league or at the end of our bench. And, and we might have something here. Um, Caleb is a guy. And I've said this several times, like, He's just going to get better by playing more basketball. People forget that he did reclassify and move up a year. I know he was a little bit older um, anyway, so he was able to do that. Um, but he, as a, you know, if he can physically develop and, you know, with Diabate, it's a trait, it's a traits based thing. That's going to work out for him regardless. Um, you know, all the things that we thought that Caleb Houston would be able to hang his hat on, you know, what, given what his scouting report was, it was inconsistent at Michigan and, and some of it just wasn't there. Uh, namely the passing IQ and um, defensive ability. I, I really thought coming out of high school that those were going to be a couple of standout traits for him. And it wasn't, wasn't quite that way. So I think that guy comes back, puts 15 to 20 pounds of muscle on. Um, 
and and really what Diabate leaving would allow Michigan to do if he does wind up staying in the draft is, you know, if you land a couple of these transfers or one of these transfers, and then you maybe slide down Houston to the four, which I think might be a little more natural for what this team's need is in terms of spacing the floor around Hunter and, and just a better fit for him too. Uh, thought he was a little bit slow out there on the wings. So we'll see what happens, but I, I like, you know, you, you don't just boil it down to Dickinson's back. So nothing else matters. I think that this basketball team will be at its best next year with uh, Caleb Houston on it. And, but if Musa stays in, uh, well, I think that they can offset that, especially with Terrace Reed coming in. Definitely. And I'll say about Caleb too, the weight room is going to be big for him. You know, Sanderson, nobody better to work with, but we saw Hunter Dickinson. That was a concern of mine is I would have rather him last year, not going through the process and maybe stick around, work with John Sanderson, but he took it really seriously. You can work with other people and still go through and his body was different and better uh, last year, even though he went through that process. And if you come back, you're back in Ann Arbor in June, July, you have the summer. So you still have time to kind of work on all that stuff. But um, that is going to be our show for today. We'll continue to monitor things on the basketball side. We'll talk about where these guys actually get picked on next week's show as well. And more football always at the Wolverine.com. $1 gets you an entire year of our premium coverage. So check us out right there.